Hello and welcome to Beyond the Sermon. I am Pastor Will Harley. I'm joined here with Pastor Dave Endorf. And um, I don't know if Pastor Dave Rudot will be joining us today or not. If he is, he'll jump on in. Um, and if he doesn't, that is okay too. Uh, this is our time where we go back over the sermons that we had preached over the weekend. We have an opportunity to kind of refresh ourselves, refresh our people, and maybe give some highlights of things that we wish we would have done um, maybe added or things that were like, I wish I had time to to maybe have said that or or directions that I could have gone. Um, and as we, we kind of give you more of what the sermon uh, thoughts were behind what we were doing. And so welcome to the show. Um, today, it's, it's kind of an easier show um, because we both preached on the same text. So we were both preaching on Mark chapter one, starting at verse 21, going through verse uh, 28. And so, uh, Pastor Endorf, would you like to bring that on up and we can maybe give it a read? Okay. Went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. All right. So did you did you want to go through your sermon first or would you like me to, to kind of jump on in and then you can round it out? Um, I guess I can jump in. I've got a whole list of stuff I didn't cover as well as I would have wanted. So I can Me too. I can wait to see all of the things you did before getting to that. Um for my my theme was you know the unknowable God. And I I started with an introduction that I'm sure we've all seen. You're you're at a, a kid's basketball game and the, the stands are like a quarter full and and this little kid gets the, the ball and he's just it's a breakaway and he's alone and 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 everybody starts yelling, You're going the wrong way. Cause because he missed at some point that the they had swapped ends and, and now he's headed to shoot the basket shoot the ball at his own basket and 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 he didn't notice that everything had had changed he he didn't know what was going on and and for the demon the impure spirit here that's what's going on you know god has taken on human flesh god has some, done something new something never before seen and, and so you have the impure spirit confronting jesus in the synagogue and, and we take it for granted because we've grown up with this we, we've 
we've talked about the incarnation ever since we were we were little kids doing you know christmas pageants and and christmas eve services and and yet for the demon he's just so confused because the the demons fell from heaven because they would not serve and now you have christ who gave up heaven itself, gave up the free and the full use of his divine power so that he could be born under the law in our place. And so we know God in a way that the demon couldn't because God is about service. But as much as that is true, the the real problem isn't, is that God is holy, and we are not. And this goes back then to the Old Testament lesson, where um, you you have the promise from Deuteronomy 18 of the prophet like Moses, where at Mount Sinai they had prayed for for the glory of the Lord to 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 kind of stop because they couldn't handle it and they just wanted to talk to the prophet. And so God, at the end of Moses' life, had said, you've had Moses, he's talked to me, and then Moses talked to you, but I'm also going to send another prophet like Moses who's going to do that same kind of thing because I'm holy and you're not and you can't stand in my presence. And this is the fulfillment of that. This is the Holy One of God who is talking to us in a way that we can handle because God is holy and we are are not. And, and so we can't know God because we aren't holy. And, and so this here is God coming to us in a way that we can handle, but also demonstrating his power so that we know when he dies on the cross, he came to make us holy, to take away all of our sins, and and to have that perfect life covering us. And and so this power is power then that is there for us as well, that is God's dearly loved and forgiven children. You know, there are certainly warnings for to be aware of the devil, but God also says, uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you, that the one who is in you is, is greater than the world, has overcome the world. Um, I, I just want to point out here that as much as I wanted to talk about Martin Luther's famous quote about driving the devil away with a fart, I did not. And I would save it for beyond the sermon. Um, and, and this is what replaces our fear, that having that relationship restored, you know, we know God in a way that the demon never could. And surprisingly, in a way that the the, the angels themselves you know, worked at, because Peter says that they, they peered into scriptures to see what God was was up to, was doing. And so, you know, we have that. Um, and so as we look at the world, 
you know, this replaces our fear, the, the knowledge that God works and, and rules the world for our good, that Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Um, and that's so very different from the way the world likes to probe portray spiritual warfare you know that it's you've got the exorcist with all of these terrifying things you've got you know video games where you have to get a special weapon and and whatever and and whatever other kind of movies are out there and 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 it's not a fight it's not there aren't two sides you know the power imbalance is so great that that Jesus, the one who, who through whom all things were made, says, get out, and the demon leaves. And, and so also in the book of Revelation, you know, there's no last battle in the book of Revelation. It's just two sides draw up. God gives everybody, you know, a time of grace, and then he shows up and he says, you know, you're on my right, you're on my left, and now we go. And they go because he is God and everybody else isn't. And and he says, and it happens. He doesn't fight. He doesn't argue. He says, and it happens because he is God. And, and so this is what power is. And it is power that is on our side because, you know, we know God. And, and to know God means to, to know his love and his grace, because this is what he says is important about himself and this is what he has done to back that up in the life death and and incarnation of our our savior and the resurrection of our savior and that's what we rejoice in so we get to know god because of christ very good so <clears throat> things that you you f wished you maybe would have uh, tackled more or or wish you had more time to to tackle well, I, I thought I'd wait to do that until after you. Okay. That's fine. I'm sure you you took it from a different perspective, and there's stuff that I don't want to step on your toes. Sure. Um. All right. Well, so the the text is the same. Um. And um. There were elements I would have to say between what what you preached and and what I preached that were were similar. Uh, my theme was um. I know who you are. That was my theme, and so I I took the quote right from. Um, the words of of the demon possessed man um, in the middle of the synagogue, and and I kind of started my sermon with you know there are moments where um, we are in conversations with people that we know and they're talking about someone and we're like I have absolutely no idea who they're talking about <laughs> they're just they they like they're 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 carrying on a conversation as with as if there was shared knowledge of the person they're talking about and you have to stop them and say. I, I, who are you talking about? Cause you just have no clue. And I said, then there are those conversations where, where you are in, in a, in a conversation and you hear someone talking and you're like, that sounds like, and, and it sounds like the person, but you're like, that doesn't sound like something they would do because I thought I knew them. I thought I knew who they were, or I thought I knew um, what they were capable of and what was being expressed didn't sound like them. It didn't sound like something they would do or could do or have done. And so I, uh, I kind of started out that way. And I said, this is, this is what's going on in our lesson for today. I said, this is what's really going on in, in, in Mark in this section is, 
is Jesus. He has just finished calling his disciples there. He he's called them into full-time service. He immediately goes to Capernaum, which is going to be kind of his hub. This is where he's going to do a lot of his work. And it's going to be like the, the central location. And he goes out from there. And, and the first thing he does is what he always does is he goes to church. This is the Sabbath. This is the time for him to be in church. He goes to church and, and as is the custom, if you are a, a traveling um, Pharisee or a traveling teacher, you would go in and, and you were trained and you could share the word. And so Jesus does that. That's his custom. This is what he does. He goes and he he's he is qualified and can share God's word. I said, but that's where you have the difference. You have a difference in in what was shared. And and those words of he spoke with one with authority, different from the the preachers, different from the uh, the the experts in the law, which is what the English uh, um, standard version is, or the heritage version is EHV. Um, it says that they are. He was different from the teachers of the law, and I said, and that 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 preaching that he shared had a result, and the result is he shared this word. Everyone's amazed, but. This demon, who seems to have been a part of that synagogue, a part of that congregation, had at least been known in the area, cries out. So I said, so what, what's different with the authority that Jesus preached? What, what is this authority that causes demons to cry out? What is this authority that causes people um, to be amazed? And, and it's different from the, the experts in the law. And so I, I kind of said, you know, that you could talk for a long time about how the experts in the law, they would refer back to other experts in the law. The experts in the law would would go and so, rabbi so-and-so has said such and such, and rabbi so-and-so has said such and such, and I say this, and I agree with rabbi so-and-so, and, and and they would explain the the different texts and the different words of God that way. And I said, and we could also describe how, how Jesus, when he stood up to preach and as he preached the text, what did he do? He shared, right? Uh, the very words that were his words. These are God's words. I mean, th these are the words that, that Christ himself, who is the word made flesh spoke already. And you can be like, he, he spoke from a first person point of view. <laughs> I was there. Now, you know, he, he, you could go into that. You could, and I, and I, I was saying this to my people. I'm like, you know, you could talk you could talk for that. And you could say that that this was a type of authority. This was a type of, of an expression that that was like, wow, he was there. There was he didn't have to go back to a rabbi and he didn't have to say so and so had an opinion of. He just spoke it and he could apply it. And we know that he's done that. And he does that throughout the pages of, of the New Testament, throughout the gospels. He applies God's word in a way that is miraculous. But I said that 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 wouldn't have changed the attitude of that demon-possessed man. That, that would not have caused him to, to cry out. And I said, when someone shares, when someone shares the law, I said, the law doesn't make our sinful nature cry out. The law, the uh, people are okay with the law. The law will do its job. It always does. The law will either make us puffed up and self-righteous and say, look at what I've done, look at how good I am, look at all the things that I can do, or or it will it will drive us away and it will say, you're not good enough. And I said, and, and this demon-possessed man is okay with any of those. That demon in that man is okay with either result, either bolstering the that sinful nature that says, see, look how good we are, we showed up, or see, no one wants you here because you're horrible. Look at the things that you've done and no one would love you and no one would care. I said, and so the authority 
that that was being preached is not like the experts in the law, not like the people who knew the law and preached the law and applied the law in, in various ways and it's all its force. The authority that, that Jesus brought was the authority to forgive the sins of those who heard the law, it was the authority to forgive the sins of those who were crushed by it. And so in his authority in preaching, as he brought this message, he did preach the law, but he preached the gospel. He preached the forgiveness of sins found in the one who alone can forgive sins. And, and as later on in his ministry, we're going to see how can one for how can he say that, that sins are forgiven? Well, just to prove to you that I can forgive sins, I will say to this man, get up and walk, and he will, because that's the connect, right? I, I have the power to do these things, and my message is different from just a, a message based on the law, you must do, but it's based on, I now forgive you for not doing it. And it made the devil scream and it made the devil cry out. It made the demons go crazy because the law is fine. They, they are fine with the law. They're fine with using it in both its ways to make you self-centered and to make you conceited and, to, and, to, and also to crush you and to make you feel as if you are abandoned. And I said, and each one of us here has brought a, a demon with us today. Whether you think so or not, whether you want to admit it or not, we've each brought a demon with us. And I'm like, I'm not saying that you are possessed like this man. I'm not saying that you're you're going to cry out and uh, you know maybe if I don't preach the gospel right, you'll just stay silent. I said that's not what I'm saying, but but I said each of us have brought a demon, our own little pet sins, our own little things that we've that that we have hung on to, right? And and we have come to church and we brought them with us. And, and sometimes we hear God's law and we say, see, I'm okay. I'm better. I've done this. And, and we think it's justified. And, and sometimes maybe, maybe we've avoided church because those little pet sins, those little demons that we keep with us have made us feel so guilty and so horrible and so, so full of shame that we can't come to church. We can't bear it anymore. And I said, and, and, and the Lord speaks to these with his authority. He speaks into that hurt. He speaks into that, that puffed up nature. He speaks into those things and he speaks a gospel that forgives. He speaks a gospel that's centered in him and his work. And he goes to the cross as he lives a perfect life, as he takes on our sin and then as he will rise again in victory. I said, he speaks into this hurt and pain and, and self-righteousness, he speaks an authority that forgives a sin that says, this is true and you are forgiven for it in me. And it causes that, that demon in us, just as it caused the demon in that man to cry out. And, and, and notice the words of the, what the man says. The man said, so, you know, he, he looks and he says, you know, what do you have to do with us? I mean, he's not necessarily referring just to himself. He's saying with all of us, what are you doing here? What do you have to do with us? You're here to destroy us. And he says, because I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And I said, how many of us have made the claim, I know who Jesus is. And we followed it up, you are the Holy One of God. And, and, and I said, and yes, Jesus is holy. Yes, Jesus is, is, is the righteous one. And I said, but notice what the, the demon focuses on is the holiness of God that destroys the sinner, the holiness of God that we should fear, the holiness of God that, that has nothing but vengeance over, over the, the, the slight that has been made against God because of sin. This is what he thought he knew. 
And I said, and how many of us are like that too? We think about God in the, he just wants me to do something. He just demands of me that, that Jesus is just placing, the church is just placing another uh, command upon us. And I said, that's, that is not who Jesus is. And if that is what we say, when we say, when I know who you are, you're the Holy one of God, we've missed the point. He is those things, but he is so much more. He is my savior and he's my friend. He is my forgiver. He is Jesus, who it means he saves. And to the, to, the de- to the devil and to the demons, he is never Jesus to them because he is not there to save them. He is the Holy One of God. But for us, he is our Savior. He is Jesus. And I went back and I did mention um, from the, the Old Testament reading that he is the prophet that was sent greater than Moses. As, as the people of Israel stood around Mount Sinai and God the Father and all his holiness came down and they fell as if dead when he spoke to them because they were a sinners before a righteous and holy God, the Lord said, I will send one that you can stand before, not one in holiness, not one who's going to be seen as, 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 as the flaming fires and the glory of the Lord coming upon uh, the clouds that, that dropped us in fear, but one who is Emmanuel with us, who walks with us, who we can interact with, who forgives our sins and, and lives with us. And so I know him. I do know him. He has forgiven me. He is my savior. I know him. Um, and my sin hates him. And, and yet I know him and love him because he has changed me because of not the law, but of his forgiveness of the gospel. And I am amazed. And I said, and maybe we all need an exorcism. So sin, get out. Shame, get out. Guilt, get out. Um, our little demons, our little pet sins, get out. Uh, there's no room for you here. Here is Christ and we know him. And and we'd be amazed. And that's kind of where I ended, ended my sermon. So now should we compare notes? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, so I, I uh, very briefly touched on the authority. So I did, I did very briefly touch on the authority. I think you went in the direction of the power. Um, here is God revealed in his power, and that is in a beautiful way to go. That is just an amazing way to, to look at the text. Um, looking ahead, because I'm going to be preaching again on like a demon possession, demon devil work type thing uh, this week. I'm like, do I really want to hit the power of, of, of Christ here, or do I want to save that kind of for our next week deal um, when, it, when I'm going to be preaching on 1 Peter? So I went in a different direction of the authority. I looked at the authority of, of, um, and I wish I would have said it, but I looked up what, what gives someone authority. Um, and, and one of the categories, like one of the first four points on, on what authority is, is it says one who practices or one who does things for the benefit of someone else. That one of the categories of authority is one who does things for the benefit of someone else. I'm like, that is awesome. And I kind of grabbed onto that idea. And I'm like, you know, that what was different than the law was that the law was never preached for the benefit of someone else. It was always to, to make us feel better or condemn somebody. But the gospel is always preached for the benefit of someone else. Um, and, and that brought this maybe a new highlight to the authority that he he carried was was not just the first person aspect of it, but was the I can, I forgive. I'm not just condemning. 
And that's certainly the conflict that Jesus highlights at, at his time is yeah. that the preachers of the law were in it for themselves, the the high positions in society, the money, the those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I went with power, um, partly as a cultural thing. You know, a third of the the congregation I serve has uh, Liberian immigrants, and so the the culture there um, deals more with spiritual warfare than you you would in um, eastern rural Wisconsin. And, and so that's a yeah. big part of why I addressed it. No, and that's, and, that, and you have to preach to your people. And, and I do think a lot of my people um, here, and, and that is a really good way to, to kind of give us an idea of the difference of why there's a hundred different sermons for any given text, because like you said, your, your people do probably have that idea more of the, the spiritual warfare that goes on, or maybe more attuned to that, or at least the vast majority of them. I, I think a lot of our people in our, and in my congregation, at least I can't paint it for everybody, but in my congregation, it is, there's that tendency to, to make a lot of demands, especially in the church, um, that, that, that we have this tendency to look at, at, at people and, and the church goers as you have to be here, you have to do these things. Um, very, the, the law based without the gospel. The, the law is the motivator and, and the gospel is not. So that's kind of why I took it the way I did, you know? Yeah. And I, I had actually received a book from one of my members detailing a biography kind of a thing from a, a lady who had grown up as the, the daughter of a, a witch in Liberia and then moved to, to Minneapolis. And it's kind of, yeah. Well, that would give you a lot more insight into maybe this is something that my people really need an answer for, which you, you did. You did it so beautifully, though. I, I think, I, you know, and, and I have to say, um, and I struggle with it, not every week, but I do struggle with it um, some weeks, especially when, when I think there's a ton in the text to, to talk about, and you do so well, is taking the entirety of the season and the other surrounding um, readings and kind of bringing them together. <laughs> I struggle with that sometimes because it's like, there's more than enough to talk about here. And, 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 and so I struggle sometimes of taking, taking all the other surrounding texts and saying, okay, here's how they mesh. And you do a very good job at that. Um, I appreciate that. Thanks. It's, um, it, it's really just something I, I work at because I don't know how. How do you know what you're going to focus on? It's exactly, I, and I know I'm going to ramble otherwise. As there is so much, um, and I think here, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about in this one? Um, I really wanted to talk about the convulsions, and I really had a line in there about you know such a child. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and well, and, and that, that was the other thing. It, it, you know, our society wants to turn this into kind of a, a just so story, you know, that, that this was an, an early explanation for, for seizure disorders, for 
and and it's not you know nothing could be further from the truth um you know because uh in all of the different accounts of demon possession in the bible you know there's only a couple that actually involve some kind of a, an actual seizure you know and then what triggers it here is not what triggers epilepsy you know epilepsy is not normally triggered just because somebody tells a demon to get out uh, you know it's not there's no flashing lights there's nothing like that uh and so because you'll, you'll notice the trigger precedes the the seizure it's not like they have a seizure and then they try the exorcism and and so that's important to keep in mind um and then you have others where you know it's strength with the garrison demoniac or the the caesar seizures are intentionally harmful where they're trying to throw the the person into fire you know that's not how epilepsy works that's not how a seizure disorder works they don't intentionally try to harm a, a person and so that kind of an approach or explanation um only works if you're willing to intentionally deny part of the evidence which you know if you're willing if you want to attack the bible they're not so concerned with the evidence, which I think is very telling and very appropriate. Um, and so I really wanted to go off on that. But yeah, there's, again, only so much time in the sermon. But yeah, yeah. you got to focus on what the point is. Well, and, and, you know, there's so much that could be said there because, I mean, there is some of it unknown, right, in the scriptures that we're, we, we make some of the assumptions that that um, this demon was a part of that synagogue. I mean, it, it might seem like an assumption, but it, I think it's a fair assumption that, that he, he had been attending quite regularly. And, and I think, you know, there is, there is something to be said and, and I didn't focus on it a hundred percent, but, but following that same line, there's something to be said that, you know, where the gospel doesn't exist, where the, the faithful preaching of law and gospel doesn't exist, where where you you take one out, where either it is you're the removal of the law or uh, to the highlighting of the gospel with <laughs> without any reason for it, or or the removal of the gospel and only the highlighting of the law and all that we do, S the um, evil spirits and our own sinful nature can thrive in that just fine, without a problem, and there's no pushback because because without the law the gospel is empty, and who cares. And without the without the gospel, the law is demanding, and and I can make myself justify myself to feel better in it, or give it up and say, well, that's not something I can do anyway. So who cares? And and either way, my sinful nature and evil spirits all are fine with that. And and so there's that. I didn't. I wanted to go more into that. I I really it, for another sermon possibly that would be great for maybe even a different time, like an epiphany season or. Or something going back to this text and being able to just express, you know, the life of the church. If the life of the church isn't centered around a faithful proclamation of law and gospel, you're going to get some of these problems that are going to manifest themselves. Uh, and and I, I think that that kind of, you know, dovetails nicely with the, the other point I kind of wanted to bring up, but spent very briefly on is that this is 
you know, not just something new that God has never done before, but it's also unique in the history of the world. You know, and so those people who want to downplay the miracles of society or of the Bible, you know, kind of sweep under the rug. You know, this is the one time in history that the Son of God was incarnate. And so it is unique. It is different. And so the people who want to deny miracles ask, well, why why doesn't this happen every day? Because Jesus isn't here. He's at the right hand of the Father. (laughs) Well, he is here. He's not here in that purpose for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you are correct. We shouldn't expect these kind of confrontations to happen. You know, no, no demon cares enough about me to, to come into Brooklyn Lutheran and, and challenge me and say, I know who you are, the Holy One of God, because I'm not. Well, that would be really cool if he was referring to your spiritual nature and how you're perfect in Christ. And he's like, I know exactly who you are, son of the Most High. I don't credit them with that much understanding, but I, I think there is much faith even. <laughs> I, I think there is something interesting though. And, and it brings up that conversation. Cause I mean, you, you see, you see this connection of miracle, right? So, I mean, I mean, instantly Mark and Mark is a, a we're in the series B and Mark is going to take up a lot of our time this entire year. And Mark is just immediately, 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 these things are happening. I mean, he's just like, fast forward, we're going to go through the highlights. We're getting to the cross. That's that's really what our eventual job wants to be. But what is interesting, though, is, is in this account, you have this confession of the people, not only as they're amazed at what he does in casting out the demon, but we have this this uh, idea that is sprouting up, um, which I think is extremely telling, and I didn't spend time on it necessarily, although we could have. Um, the idea of a new teaching, right? That 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 the teaching of law and gospel had gone out of favor long enough that it became it was new to their ears. And I think that's just a that you could dwell on that for quite a while and just kind of sit in that that idea of of how lost does a society need to get where where the 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 proclamation of forgiveness is is a new teaching. Um, I mean that that's a scary thought. It really it really is a scary thought. And you could dovetail that with what's going on in society. I mean they're they're saying you know. Um, um, there's places that are going on right now. I was listening to a podcast that are saying in Australia uh, that the, the Christian church is waning at so much, are waning so much that now what they're saying about 30% uh, consider themselves to be even remotely Christian, um, that they've gone so much out of favor. And and so you have in Europe where you're even less than that, United States still holding itself at 50 some percent, but we're on the decline in, in people who confess to be Christian. Um, where does that leave you? Where does that leave you when when the society has fully turned into a paganism, um, fully turned into a um, I must do these things for myself and and um, a lack of and really in a society with a lack of forgiveness, um, will eventually we live in a time, and and this is something to pursue I, I suppose. Will we live in a time where good sound gospel preaching 
is a new teaching? I guess I would point out two things. Um, you know, first, some of that is people just being honest and and not because the social pressure to be a Christian isn't there sure. anymore, which as a pastor, I kind of appreciate. Um, honesty or? or Honesty, yeah. <laughs> just, you know. Because I, I, you know, uh, 20 years ago when I first got into the ministry, I feel old, although I'm not. Um, uh, it, you know, there was a lot more of, um, I, I want to stay in the church because of my parents or grandparents, even though I'm never going to come. I, I don't believe anything you're telling me. And I'm, I'm just a hypocrite. You know, and, and and to me, those were kind of the most frustrating people to deal with. Um, and and so it's, you know, so part of it is less of a change and more just honesty. Yeah. Uh, and then, too, it, I think it helps with some of those discussions between churches or, or with people coming in. You know, I, I had a, a couple who've recently joined the church, a couple of different people have recently joined the church that as we have gone through it, um, you know, Bible information class, it, it's hard to say that they're adult confirmands because um, everything we taught, they already kind of believed because so much of Christianity has just been reduced to it has just been simplified. And, and so a lot of what it, I, I can see you nodding. So you know what I mean? But a, I a lot of those do doctrinal wars, I guess, that were out there have, have kind of pulled back. And, and I, I appreciate that. I, it, yeah, but they still exist. Like I, I know, and you I, and I, I would agree, you know, a lot of people that end up in my Bible information class are people that are, are coming from a different faith persuasion. Um, and so a lot of what we talk about in general will will resonate with them. Uh, but I still think the biggest problem that you may at least that I have faced came with the 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 doctrine of original sin and 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 the doctrine of free and full grace for the forgiveness yeah. of sins. I, those two are still the the that lasting issue the the fact that I am, I am bad by nature and can't fix myself. I'm, that's how bad I am. And Christ loved me enough and, and is the symbol of the love of the Father enough that he paid for all of my sins free of charge. And I do nothing. And, and I agree with that. I'm, I'm just saying that I, I think it's caused... Because of this change, it's caused a lot of the preaching and the work of of the churches in America to focus more on outreach and less on fighting with each other, which is, I think, a good thing. Sure. And, and yeah. that has has made the preaching of the gospel at least clearer and less about arguments about words. So, sure. and less about, and and I think in some cases even less less about um, what makes you different. 
Um, you can focus on here's what God says. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to give you what God says. And I, and I, and I, that's the beauty of, but I think what we have in the text, right. As, as we come back to the, the Lord, uh, Jesus, he comes into the synagogue as is his custom. He goes to worship. He reads God's word and he gives them, he gives them the goods that are found only in himself. And, and it has an effect and it works and it's amazing. And I wish we did more of that. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, anywhere else in the text where you think that maybe you're like, yeah, I I think that would have been a kind of a a good place to go or, or um, something to touch on. Um. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple. This is, you know, how it fits into the life of, in the ministry specifically of Jesus. Um, because this is very early in the ministry of Jesus. This is is him, you know, building up his, his following in, the, you know, the first year of his ministry. And so... Um, you know, he doesn't really want the testimony of an impure spirit. It, it's a miracle for the the demonstration of his nature. And and then there's very often that tagline at the end, news about him spread quickly over the whole region sure. of Galilee. And we, we treat that as um, a, a throwaway line very often. And, and some, and too often it's the, the readings would would just cut that out even uh but it's not that's the whole point of the miracle you know jesus wasn't doing this just to to flex his muscle you know it was these were signs to point to him as he was preaching the gospel so that people would come and hear and, and by hearing would believe um and isn't it interesting that really this is i mean it is a miracle him casting out the demon but really it is the it is the result of, like you said, the bad press is bad press. <laughs> and so Jesus takes action against the bad press. Um, I mean, no one comes up and says, we have a demon-possessed person here and we don't know what to do. <laughs> the, demon, the demon appears, uh, the, the, possession, the, the demon possession appears, and he instantly takes action. I mean... I, it's not as if God didn't or Jesus didn't know that that man was there in the readings and in the explanation of 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 what he was sharing, right? Mm-hmm. But he takes action when when it vocalizes itself. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is not the testimony he wants. Right. Um, and then also, you know, Mike's Mark, not Mike, Mark. <clears throat> it's the only Mike one. His brother. Yeah, the the lesser known evangelist that we don't talk about because he he spent too much time. Uh, okay, I'll I'll just stop with that. You know, Mark includes this because it, as he's writing his gospel, he he's writing to the um, Romans, and and he focuses on the the miracles of christ and and he wants to really emphasize uh the power and the the greatness of god 
in in that because that's the mindset the Romans have. He, he wants to show that that power, um, and and Luke picks it up. And even though Mark is said to be the the shorter gospel, you know his account is pretty much the same length as as Mark's account, and that's something that you really see consistently, is that. You know, when the accounts are there, it's not that Mark's is necessarily shorter. It's just Mark doesn't have much because he focuses on those miracles because he has a point to make. It's, look, this is Jesus. This is his power. This is why Romans should worship him. This is uh, this is someone worthy even of the great Roman Empire. And 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 Rome and and it's interesting that you bring that up because you're going to find it throughout Rome. You're going to have that idea of immediately and immediately and immediately, because the Roman mind was quick. Everything had to be quick. Everything had to be orderly. Um, and and it's interesting that you highlight the power because that's and and also, I think if and correct me if I'm wrong, but but a lot of the demon possession cleansing is recorded in in Mark as opposed to some of the other books. I mean, there's a couple occurrences like the bigger ones that are, are in others of the gospel. But I mean, you always have that tagline and he, and he uh, chased out or he, he uh, cast out demons. And that's usually like a tagline and Mark as he's going through here. And, and I wonder if maybe that was something else that was being, like you said, his, his focus is to the Roman people who live in a very pagan society. You know, this is maybe something that they fought with. And and they recognize themselves, and so he highlights, yeah, he has the power to do this too, as he's doing everything else. Yeah, and, and it's that confrontation, you know, that the Romans were going through between, you know, the triune God and the the idols, which are really nothing more than than demons when they are anything at all. They are sure. No. Yeah, it's beautiful. So the book of the the book of Mark, um, really, you could call it the Gospel of of uh, of Peter, um, as he's he's kind of sharing that with with Mark. Um, very very beautiful. Very much rushing to here's Christ, here's his power, here's his abilities, here's his grace, here's his glory. Um, worthy of praise because he dies for your sins and rises again, which will happen, of course, at the end of of the pages of Mark. But uh, here he is. He's starting the journey. He's starting his work um, and in his active ministry. Um, he's in Capernaum. He's shaking things up. He's going to do that for about a year and a half, year, year, year and a half um, before he, he goes out into the wilderness and he says, okay, you know, things are getting too hot and we're going to back off a little bit. And then, and then we'll start up the, the last half before he goes to the cross. So good stuff. Um, Take a read of it. If you have questions, by all means, throw them up on the on the Facebook chat. Or if you are viewing this in any of the other platforms that we we have out there, uh, please give us a, a, an idea of what you may be thinking. Send us an email at castingnetspod at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to try to answer any questions you may have over the text or if you have any questions. And, and this would probably be a time because I know it's been flying around. Um, if you are one of those people that are like, you know, I I we don't talk much about demon possession in the church. What is this thing that is demon possession and, and how does that work or why does it work or why has it happened? And how do I not have to fall into that? Um, maybe a good question to ask. So if you are curious, we can give you some resources to, to look up as well as 
um, maybe give you some guidance. And I'm sure uh, Pastor Dave and myself would be more than happy to to help you with answering any of those questions. And Pastor Dave Rudat would also be more than happy to help you with answering any of those questions as we point you back to the scriptures. So until next week, um, when we'll gather for Beyond the Sermon and have an opportunity to share God's word with you, um, you can come back on Thursday and join our conversation when we continue our look at what's the difference anyway. We're looking at the eight doctrines that divide the church. And this week we are going to be looking at... um, the doctrine of original sin. And so uh, come and join us for that on Thursday and may God richly bless you as you go about your day.